Hello everyone and welcome again to another Teacher Joseph podcast. In this podcast, we want to explore intonation and why it's so important when you're speaking in the UK. Now, if you take a moment just to think about your favorite musical song, okay, I'm going to think of one too. Um, I'm thinking of George Ezra singing Green, Green Grass, okay? So just take a moment to think of your song. Do you have a song in mind? Good. All right, then. So now I want you to take away the melody, take away the music, and you're left with the words. So just think about the words for a moment. <clears throat> Okay, do you have the words? Right. Now, imagine if you saw those words without the music. So imagine that you'd never heard the song before and you see the words. Do they have any meaning? In my song, I have the words green, green grass. I think the words of that song say something like he said or she said green, green grass. Now, without music, those words have absolutely no meaning. Now, let's put this into context, because intonation is a style of music. It's very basic. Your voice goes up and down when you're talking. Let me repeat those words without intonation. Intonation is very basic. Your voice goes up and down. You can hear there that in my second example, it's much harder to listen to me talking when I don't have intonation. Now, many cultures around the world don't really use intonation when they're talking, but they do still use stress to get their points across. So it's just a different form of music, if you like. In British culture, and probably to a lesser extent American culture, intonation is not only important, but it's like words without music if you don't use it. And one problem that learners have is that they don't hear themselves speak. When I'm speaking in English, I don't hear myself speak, but I do know that I'm using a lot of intonation. Our minds tell us how we're speaking, but we don't actually hear how other people hear us or perceive us. Even though I do podcasts every day, I'm still quite devastated when I hear my own voice, <laughs> because it shows me really how I sound. And I think, mm -hmm, I, I sound like that, do I? And I'm always a little bit disturbed by it, as I'm sure you are. So this shows that how we sound in our own minds and how other people perceive us are often two very, very different things. And it's really important to think about this when you're trying to give a presentation or 
if you're working in a team. Now, all around the world, those of us who've worked in teams, and we all have, okay, especially during the 1990s and the early 2000s, they brought in this thing which was called 360 feedback or 360 feedback. And that allows you the opportunity to ask your colleagues what they think of you. And anonymously, they can reply. And then your boss can use that as a way to try to determine what kind of person you are. Now, this is quite disturbing for a number of reasons. First of all, uh, of course, it can affect your salary. Secondly, it can be very deflating in terms of how you view your own communication skills. And thirdly, it's a way, a very strategic way for your boss to either uh, move you to another team or to get rid of you if you're temporary. Now, all of us at some point have had targets. Usually there's individual targets to deal with 60% of the workload every day, you know, or to ensure that all calls are answered within uh, the third ring, if you're working in a call center, perhaps. We all have individual targets given to us by our boss, okay? But usually there's a number of team targets which you have to meet as a team rather than individually. And how they measure those targets Usually there's something in there about being a good team player or supporting the team at all times, something like this. They can sometimes be personal or sometimes they can be whole team targets to bring about a sense of unity so that you uh, feel like you're participating. But if the target is quite wide, such as, oh, you uh, need to be a good team player. I mean, how that's measured and defined can be different from boss to boss. But in there, you may well find that your boss has something like feedback from another member of staff that on one particular day, you were not so polite. Or feedback has been given that perhaps you were rude one day. All of this stuff is perception. None of it is really real, but it may well have been caused by your lack of intonation. Let me give you a few examples. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Fine. How are you? Yeah, well, I'm fine, I suppose. The top one shows a very happy, joyous person. The middle one is giving the idea, don't talk to me. And the next one is saying, I'm not okay. Okay. So you can see there that even using one of the last two at work, especially the middle one, 
easily your colleague might think, hmm, that's a, <laughs> a little bit sharp. And so this intonation, you can see clearly, has created a mood. And it's not a happy one. Fine. It doesn't sound nice, does it? Even to say something like, well, <laughs> I'm doing okay, I guess, and smiling is a much better way to deal with that than being very blunt. Now, if you move that into larger conversations, speaking without intonation can, uh, it can mean that a conversation can lose its joy. Even in a sad conversation, you can still present things in a way which don't directly affect the mood of the other person. For example, how's work going? Well, you know, work has its ups and downs. Today was a bad day, but, well, it's okay. Now, if I change that and I say something like, today was a bad day, work has ups and downs, Today was a bad day. It is what it is. That sounds much more solemn, and it also sounds a bit more hopeless. So just to remember to move your voice up and down a little bit, as well as smiling, even if it's something which isn't particularly funny, that goes a long way with customer service and in team building in the UK. There's a saying they have here that there's no I in team, which means that there's no room for you to bring in your personal problems. And we've all worked with people that we don't like, haven't we? I mean, I can think of a few people over the years that I really, really had issues with. But yet professionally, we're not allowed to bring our moods or our personalities when we're coming to serve as something much greater than we are. Let's just look at a few other examples of how maybe you could make sure that you're keeping joy going in a conversation. Okay, so imagine that you're on the telephone and a customer's demanding that something be done today. Okay, now if you simply say, I can't do that today, I'll do it tomorrow. You can hear there that there isn't a lot of emotion there. It's kind of cold and clinical. But intonation changes that. I can't do that for you today, but I can do it tomorrow. You can hear there that there's a sense of willingness and a real sense of help just because you've added in that little bit of music. Let's look at another example. Okay, so your boss comes over. He says, um, we're all working late tonight, uh, so I need to count on you being here. That's an idiom, to count on you. I'll come back to that in a second. If you say, no, I'm going home, I have things to do, there's intonation there, but it's not really sounding good, it's sounding kind of negative. So you could say something like, oh no, 
Uh, I can't today. You also could apologize. I'm really sorry. There's a willingness there and a kind of a feeling of regret. So your boss knows that you're not really trying to escape staying late, that you really have a genuine reason for going. Now, there's other communication skills like assertiveness skills may be required in, in that conversation, but I'm just using that as an example, okay? It's the same like if you make a mistake at work, you know? If you say, oh no, I've done something wrong. If you add a bit of intonation there, oh no, I, I've done something wrong, or I didn't mean to do that, it, it shows there's a regret and a willingness to fix a situation Whereas, oh no, I didn't mean to do that. It sounds a bit flat and it kind of shows that you're not really taking responsibility for your actions either. By the way, count on me is a wonderful uh, idiom. It uh, means, trust me, I can help you. Count on me means you can count on me. You can trust me to help you with that thing. Count on me. Okay, um, Count On Me is also a very popular song for those of you who are old enough to remember the 1980s and uh, TV shows. There was one in particular called My Two Dads. My Two Dads was an American TV show and it's not what you might think. <laughs> it was before the days of uh, sexuality being expressed on TV. It was about two men. They both had, I think, been married to one woman, or they were at least involved with her, and it was never clear which one was the real father, and the child grew up trusting both of them. And I'm telling you all of this because the theme song for that TV show was called Count On Me. You can count on me. And that's a really good example of intonation because that TV show, that theme tune, You Can Count On Me, was such intonation, was a feel-good song. Whereas if you say to your colleague, yeah, you can count on me to do that, it doesn't sound very convincing, does it? You know, I called a taxi farm a few weeks ago and the woman had no intonation, okay? So I said, I would like a taxi, please, to go to the airport. And she said very bluntly, I will get a taxi there around that time or as close to that time as possible. And I thought to myself, oh, that doesn't convince me that she's going to be there or her driver is going to be there. So all day, I was a little bit worried. I was thinking, you know what? I don't really trust this woman to get the taxi there. And sure enough, the taxi didn't appear. About 10 minutes late, I received a phone call to say that they were stuck in traffic but I just assumed that they weren't going to come because her manner 
There was no warmth there. There was no intonation. If she had simply said the same words, but with intonation, something like, no problem, I'll make sure we get a taxi there, just around that time, it really would have reassured me. But it didn't in this case. Okay, so you can hear there why intonation is really really important. It connects people together. It gives a sense of empathy. It makes your colleagues think that you're being listened to and it helps you to fit in, especially if you're working as part of a team. Now, I'm telling you all of this from my own professional experience in how to create atmospheres of joy, because when you're talking in a second language, for example, I speak in English, my native tongue, but when I'm, when I'm talking to someone who has English as a second language, even if they don't understand my words, my intonation will be reassuring for them. Now, like everywhere else in the world, Britain's changing, and this kind of stuff that we're talking about is also changing because we have more and more people in positions of authority who aren't actually British. I think many educated British people now are making a choice to live somewhere else. Uh, many people don't stay in this country because, well, I don't know, perhaps political reasons. There may be personal reasons that I don't know. But that kind of assured intonation is not quite as stable as it used to be. When I'm on the phone to different government departments, I'm aware that often I'm speaking to people who don't have English as their first language. And so I don't feel assured and I don't feel confident with them because they're not, they're telling me with the words, first of all, that something is going to be done, but they're not assuring me that it's going to be done effectively in the way that I want it done because I'm not hearing the warmth, all right? So what I'd like you to do in the future, okay, is as well as hearing people's words and translating them, I want you to hear the intonation that's being used. Now for this exercise, it's not a good idea to be using an American comedy or drama series because Americans are a little bit more blunt and they don't use intonation quite as much as we do. So keep it simple. Next time you're listening to BBC News, BBC World Service, uh, LBC Radio in London, forget about the words, but just notice a little bit more about the intonation. Just begin to practice that. And if you're unsure about any of the intonation being used, then either ask me or ask a teacher about it. But intonation can transform the way you communicate and transform the way that you're perceived. The only problem we have with it is we're not always sure. I mean, native speakers are always sure, but you probably won't always be sure if you're using it correctly.
So it's really important that you begin to tune into that. So again, even to lift up just one word in a sentence is enough to change a room from being uh, sad to happy. But if you always talk like this, you're going to sound like some kind of AI. And that's not always going to be welcomed. And anyway, if you don't use intonation, you're going to have to be using more exhaustive vocabulary to get your point across. Because intonation can quickly um, give a meaning to something which perhaps words alone can't. And that's it from me for today. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Let's catch up again soon. And remember, hear the intonation, hear the music behind the words, because they speak much louder than the words do. See you. Bye.